The Pinball Network is online. Launching. Just another pinball podcast. Hey everyone, this is Joel Engelberth with Just Another Pinball Podcast, episode 10. Episode 10, really uh, just happy to be here. I'm, I'm glad that I've had a chance to, to do these and the response has been great, so I, w- I want to keep doing them. And I'm actually trying a different format um, today, which is what I found was I was before I was trying to basically make a podcast every two weeks, but um, I found that there were times that you know, I'd release a podcast and a few days later I'd have something to talk about. And, and I was like, nah, nah, I should probably wait a little bit and, and, and put something together with a little more substance. Um, and then there were other times where, you know, two weeks it would be like, man, I need to make a podcast. So then I was kind of not scrambling, but like trying to pick my brain on, well, what's happened? What can I discuss? And so what I'm doing instead is I'm actually just keeping a note going on my computer. And once I feel like I have enough, you know, substance to, to really put together a podcast, I would. And to be honest i actually felt like i probably could have made a podcast two days ago but once the uh the rumor of of avengers was coming or they showed that little teaser it's like you know what i'm gonna wait i'm gonna wait just to see what we get with a reveal and and i'm glad i did so we'll just dive right in here because i i got a lot that i'm excited to talk about here so the first thing like always i like to review emails or review feedback that i've gotten on the previous episode and and apparently the first off the sound quality was a lot better on my last episode so i'm glad people appreciated that i'm glad that's working out um hopefully the sound quality continues to be good and the volume's good um but one thing was um i got an email actually from pinball adventures pinball adventures they're they're the people that are making the punny factory and I was just very surprised to get an email from them. They said they listened to my podcast and, and gave me some kind words about it, um, but just said in the next few weeks, they're planning on doing some stuff and they, they're going to send me some, I don't know, the press release and some info and whatnot for me to share on the podcast. So I have no idea how many people they sent that to. I don't know if I'm special. I doubt it. Um, but at the same time, you know, if they send me some info, I'm, I'm happy to share it with you guys. So wait for that. Um one of the things I brought up in the last uh, podcast was I had mentioned that idea of kind of like Shrek and Family Guy, how they had designed one game, but they made it into two games. So it was the same physical layout, but it was just different graphics and code. And I kind of threw that out there to see what people's thoughts were. And I actually got a really good email back from John. And John basically said this. He said, just wanted to respond to the dual band slash theme machines. I agree 100% as a pinball fan that it would be super cool if Stern would create an amazing layout and offer multiple options like Queen, Led Zeppelin, Rush, for example, pick your band, different art, different graphics, songs, call outs. Same with Marvel themes, you know, pick a Doctor Strange or a Black Panther. I, I love that idea. But from a business perspective, Stern would be competing against themselves, and I doubt this would increase total sales more than 10%. But the cost of the optional art, and especially the triple cost of coding the rules, callouts, song licensing, and graphics would be a lose-lose scenario for Stern. If I were them, I would never consider this. I think the reason they've done it in the past is due to poor sales of a machine and layout combined with having lots of available parts for that machine with lower inv- uh, licensing costs. Um, such as Family Guy Shrek or Woe Nelly Primus. For small titles that don't sell well, go for it if you have the parts and the license, but I think that offering that on their top tier themes would cut into their profit 100% of the time. But we can dream and wish, right? So that was his email, and you know what? I totally agree with what he said. 
um, that makes complete sense. If, if you released a game and it wasn't selling well and then you had all these excess parts, maybe that would be the time to put together a reskin. Um, absolutely. I know, I know some people like with Jersey Jacks had talked about that, you know, dialed in shoots so well and it's such an amazing game, but a lot of people don't like the theme. So why not take that game and give it a better theme and a better reskin and it would probably sell incredibly well. You know, people want to own that game and have it in their collection, but they're like, I, you know, some people, the theme is just a turnoff and they can't do that. But like for Stern, that actually makes a lot of sense. I, I think I, I'd be very curious at where where the the majority of the cost in developing a pinball machine is is that cost you know actually associated with the code or the animations or the licenses or what but um you know at the end of the day the only thing that they'd really be saving money on is just the physical design of the game so I don't know. It was an idea that I threw out there. And you know what? I'm glad I got some feedback because I, I think that was an awesome perspective. So, John, definitely appreciate your email there. And if anybody else wants to email me at justanotherpinball at gmail.com and continue that discussion, I'm all I'm all for it. Um, definitely curious at what people's thoughts are there. Um, another thing is I have a Facebook page and I actually got some feedback on Facebook, which was pretty cool. Um, somebody reviewed me, which was very nice. There was a kind review on Facebook. But I had somebody comment about Jason Fowler, and they basically just uh, supported what I was saying in my last podcast about Jason and, and how great he has been for this hobby. And I wish him the best of luck, and I wish he'd come back into kind of a pin, pinball media role just due to, I mean, what he did before was incredible. And uh, I do think he's missed. So I did get a few messages about that and a lot of support for Jason, which was pretty cool. And then I also got a few emails where people were saying, hey, have you heard anything about your TMNT play field, you know, with the with the poor printing? And, and what I've seen, and I, I don't know exactly how I feel about it from, basically what I've seen is on, on the Pinside thread is there are definitely other people that have that had this printing issue. So if I was the only one, then there's a higher chance that something would have happened. But being that it's a more common issue, you know, from a personal standpoint, yeah, I wish I was the only one and then it would almost guarantee I'd get one. But now that I'm seeing it's more common, it's like, well, crap, are they going to do this for everybody or what? And it, and it just bums me out. It bums me out that I, I feel like they probably went with a different vendor and that vendor's quality was just not as high as it should have been, but they did it just to get the play fields out the door. Um, but no, as of right now, I've yet to hear anything. Um, and I know we've submitted it to Stern and we're waiting to hear uh, back from them. And in the meantime, I'm just going to play my game and enjoy my game. And so some of the um, some of the questions I had gotten were, you know, like I'm interested in turtles, but I'm really concerned about the playfield quality. And you know, basically what I'd say is, well, wait, you know, there's really no rush to get it. The the, the code's not. I don't think the code's 100% finished, even though it's in 1.0. But it's a lot of fun. It's a fun game, and there's a chance, you know, there's a brand new game that just came out, and there's used turtles that are already on the market. So feel free to pick up a used one if you want, and then you can look at it before you you know you buy it and see if the playfield's good enough for you. Otherwise, wait, um, they're going to be making this game for years. So there's really no rush to get it in that sense. Um, so another email that I had gotten was from a guy, Matthew Pilla. Um, and basically, he just wanted a quick TMNT first reaction. And uh, happy to go through that. So first thing, what do you like and not like about the game? Um, what do I like about the game? I, I love the art. I love the art. I love the light shows. And um, overall, I've really, I think the animations are actually really good. I think they hit the theme well. I feel like it, it definitely feels like a Turtles 
um, experience when you play. And that's a lot of fun. Um, I do find it very rewarding. You know, when you hit the shots, the shots feel good. Um, and I don't, I've just, I've just had nothing but fun. I also obviously love co-op mode. Co-op mode is like my favorite thing in pinball. And so I'm so glad it's there. And that's been a lot of fun to play, uh, for sure. Uh, what do I not like about it? I mean, the game is hard. Um, but, I kind of like that, you know, it's, it's a negative. I, you know, for non pinball players, this game may be challenging, or if, if you're a pinball collector and you're not that skilled of a player, this may be a game you find really frustrating. But me, I personally find that motivating or driving to like, you know, if I would just blow up the game after owning it a few weeks, then the longevity of that game or the last ability of it in my collection would kind of be in question. But, um, I just feel like getting to Cowabunga, the wizard mode, the final wizard mode is going to be something I think I'm going to legitimately have to work at for a long time to, to see if that's something I will ever achieve, which is great. I'm glad there is. I think it, it is obtainable, but it's, it's going to be a challenge for sure. So looking up, looking forward to that. Um, other things I don't like about it, obviously the print quality on the play field. That's probably my, my biggest negative right now, but, um, that would be about about it for now. Oh, one okay, one nitpick thing is um, the action button on the Pro does pretty much nothing. Um, the only thing you do it is to launch a ball if you want, or, or the pizza eating mode, you you bang on it during that. So most of the time, it's just there and it's just lit. And so I've actually posted on Pinside a few times now um, directly at Dwight, like, hey, right now it's like a light blue color pretty much the entire time you play. And it's like, well, if it's just going to be decorative, you might as well make the color of that button be the same color as the turtle you select. So if you select Raphael, have the button be red the whole time. Um, if you pick Michelangelo, have it be orange the whole time. You know, if it's just going to be decorative, then make it decorative, you know, make it actually match the turtle, which I thought was pretty cool. Uh, what does it play like was his next question. It plays fast. It is a very fast game. You have got to pay attention. And what's funny is I'm so used to with pinball, when you hit a ramp, the ball is going to return to a flipper. It's going to go whether on a plastic uh, ramp or, or a metal habit trail or something, and it's going to return to your flipper. But the right ramp in this game does not. It feeds the upper left flipper. And so like if you just mentally take a break for a second and you hit that right ramp thinking you have a second for that ball to safely return to your flipper, it does not. It'll whiz right by that upper left flipper and it'll hit your bottom left flipper before you realize it. So it is a fast game and um, it's it's just a lot of fun in that sense. Comboing shots, hitting that upper loop shot is a blast and there's kind of two upper loop shots. There's the upper or the center ramp and the upper loop shot, just incredibly gratifying. Um, so I like that a lot. Did it live up to your dream theme? I would say yes. Um, now, we're going to talk about Avengers, but like I have no doubt in my mind that one thing that Keith Elwin does incredibly well is he codes a game in a way that you can attack it from many different angles. And what I will say right now is I find myself with Turtles pretty much playing the same character every time, which is Raphael. Um, and that's just because his episode's lit and I'm all about trying to get through the game. So like get through the episodes and get through the different accomplishments to get towards that final wizard mode. I really haven't focused too much on score or trying to blow up the game in that sense. And I know like Keith Elwin does a really good job with his games where it's like, well, what do you want to attack? Do you want to attack this first? Do you want to attack that first? You know, there's multiple different ways you can kind of go through this game. Um, in the, I would say there's kind of one main 
focus in the game, which is getting through the episodes. But at that same time, there are things that can distract you at any moment, like the one, two, three mode or focusing on your crank shots or trying to go through layer to do your training or the April hurry ups. You know, there's a lot of things that can distract you, which is, which are a lot of fun. So if I wanted to, I could be like, I'm going to focus on layer and, and level up my character just to, you know, help me with some of the stuff later on. So even though I, I am kind of playing it one way right now, just because I'm trying to get through the game, like accomplish a lot of stuff. I know once I get good at doing that, there's so many other things that I can focus on to do that even better or get an even higher score. Um, so I do I do like that I feel that there is longevity here. But the reason I bring up Keith Elwin is I just I think he's crushing it with his game. So like the only the only way my dream theme could have gone better would potentially have been Keith. Um, now, with that said, that's just for code and rules, really. With that said, Dwight has done an amazing job with the light show. And to me personally, I think I've been really spoiled. You know, TNA has an amazing light show. Hobbit before that had an, had an incredible light show. To me personally, I feel that lights the, or the light show in a pinball machine is incredibly, incredibly important. Um, and so that is one reaction that I've had just looking at the Avengers you know, short clips is I'm not really impressed with the light show or whatever's going on there. And I don't really feel like Jurassic Park or Iron Maiden had anything, you know, to write home about when it came to the light show. So for most people, that probably doesn't mean a thing. But to me, I realize that is an avenue that is impressive. So what I want to what I want to trade that type of light show for potentially the code to be different. I, I don't know. And so I would say overall, did it has it lived up to my dream theme? Uh, yeah, yeah, I would. I'm I'm very happy with it. I'm absolutely very happy with it, and I'm um, I'm glad I'm glad it is as good as it is. Because if you look at some of the games that have been released in the last few years, some of them don't live up to the hype, and um, I I feel that Turtles does, in my opinion. So very happy with it so far. And then the last thing that I want to talk about with Turtles is um I got the banner which I like just because the zombie Annie zombie Yeti artwork is incredible. And I, by all means, give me more of that artwork. I want it on my wall. Um, I got the interior art blades. I actually won those during a stream from flipping out pinball. I haven't put them in yet, but I need to, but I'm just trying to think of like what other accessories I have a pro. So it's like, what other accessories does this game need? Um, the only thing I've put in it Besides that is Lermods, Lermods.com. None of this, none of these people sponsor me, by the way. Be all for it, but none of them do. Lermods.com actually makes a mod where they took um, Neko is like a they're like an action figure company that make really detailed action figures. There's actually a Krang action figure that's almost the exact size of the Krang that's that's in the LE and the premium models. And he wired in some LEDs into it that actually you connect to your game and it, then that interacts with your game. So the Krang um, and the premium and LEs like bounce up and down and light up. Now mine doesn't do that, but it does light up. And I think for, it was like hundred bucks. So for a hundred bucks, it basically gave me the one feature I felt like I was missing, like really actually missing because it did kind of seem like an open area from the pro to the premium. I was all about it. Um, so I'm happy with that. I have a shaker motor in there as well, which is nice. But overall, I mean, I have pretty much everything I want except the topper. And what I mean by that is I have always thought toppers are ridiculous. I just, and, and it's not because of what they are, it's because of the cost. 
Um, you know, if a topper was 200 bucks, if every topper that Stern made was 250 bucks, like more power to you. I hope, I hope everybody throws one on there. I mean, if you look at, if you look at mods and stuff you can put in a game, you know, a shaker motor can be a hundred bucks. Um, new glass people put in like, um, kind of the new voodoo glass or other stuff like that could be $200 a sheet. Um, pin stadiums can be what, like 300 plus, depending on what model you get. Um, so putting in a multi hundred dollar mod to your game is not unheard of. Um, but a topper, you know, it's like, once you start talking about six, $700, you know, like, or 600 is kind of the most expensive right now. So five, 600 bucks, like that's, that's a lot of money for a decorative item. And you, you would hope that it would interact, you know, um, like I think the black Knight topper is incredible. So the reason I'm bringing up the turtles topper is on pin side, somebody has shown that in the code right now, there's actually adjustments for the topper, even though the topper hasn't been shown or released. And those adjustments show an eye. And so one thing with the eye is the Technodrome. And the Technodrome, it's in the artwork, and the Technodrome, basically it's this huge structure that's underground, and there's this big eye that's on top that moves. I mean, it's a weird, weird looking thing. But it's part of the turtle universe, and so um, it looks like, just based off of those adjustments, that there is going to be some sort of motorized, movable technodrome topper. Um, now, Zombietti also on his Instagram, somebody said something about the topper and said, "Is your artwork in included in this topper?" And he said, "Yes." Not only my artwork, but part of my daughter's artwork as well, which is so to me, when I hear that, if you think of like the Star Wars topper, the Star Wars topper is is a molded piece of plastic to kind of look like the top of an X-Wing and then you just have the R2-D2 dome. So that's like all plastic. There's really no art there. Um, same thing with the, uh, with the Ghostbusters topper. It's all molded plastic. There's no real art there. But you look at like Black Knight Sword of Rage, Black Knight Sword of Rage has the, 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 the Black Knight with the movable head, but like behind it, there's kind of two plexiglass panels that actually have artwork of like gates and with fire and LEDs and whatnot. So, and if you compare that to like the Avengers topper, the Avengers topper is all looks like layered plastic. Same thing with Jurassic Park topper, all layered plastic with, um, with artwork and then LEDs behind it. So, what it sounds like to me is this is going to be actually closer to the Black Knight topper than any of the other ones, where it's going to be some sort of molded sculpt um, that is motorized and movable, and then there's going to be some sort of plastic artwork um, around, whether it's in front, behind, I don't know. But to me, that's kind of the best of both worlds. That's kind of the best overall Stern topper combo that you can ask for. So because of that, my my interest is perked. Um, do I want to spend a ton of money on this? No, I don't. I, have not, I really do not. But at the same time, I don't. I know how quickly these toppers sell out. And so I'm already on a list with Zach and flipping out. And I, I don't know. I just, I'm on that list. And so I hope I don't miss out. But at the same time, if they say this is 750 bucks, that's going to be really hard to commit to. Um, just because I know that's a good chunk of change that could go towards another pinball machine. Um, so I don't know. I'm very curious to see what that topper is going to be. I also know Stern has not released what their their um, side rails are potentially going to be for Turtles, which maybe they'd sucker me into those. Not a huge fan of shooter 
rods, um, but I'll, I mean, I'm curious. I'm just curious what those are. Um, so it's interesting that here I am, I bought the Pro, but yet I, I may end up forking over, you know, another, I don't know, hopefully not, but maybe close to $1,000 in mods to get it the way I want it to be. Which has kind of opened up my eyes to like um, just the value behind like American Pinball. American Pinball's Hot Wheels just came out. It has flipper toppers. It has coming with a shaker motor. It has art blades already in it. Um, you know, it, it, I think it has a topper. I could be wrong. But same thing with like Rick and Morty already had a topper. I mean, a lot of these, some of these other companies already have some of these bells and whistles built into the price. So maybe the price is higher, but you don't realize, well, you're going to pay that eventually if you add all those mods. Now, the difference is it gives you that choice. You know, there are plenty of pro buyers out there that are competitive players that have no, do not care at all about um, adding, um, you know, the bells and whistles or the accessories to their games. They just want to play the game. And that's fine. Totally fine. So, I don't know. That would be my first reaction on Turtles. So, we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see what this topper looks like. And uh, I may be one of those suckers that buys it. Just very... Um, I'm nervous, but excited. It's a weird feeling of like, why am I even considering spending another few hundred bucks on an accessory? But it could be really cool. <laughs> so we'll have to wait and see on that. Um, another thing. So the next thing I'd like to talk about is, um, before we get into Avengers, is rumors. And what I mean is, uh, so I know I've mentioned Canada a few times. And I thought Canada was gone, and he's back. And um, I'm a little, I, I don't know. I i don't want to say anything. I don't want to bash the guy. I don't want to say anything negative about him. I'm just I'm curious. He said there was a reason why he left, and yet he's back. And you know what? Good good, good on him. If, if he was clearly missed, there were people in this hobby that were legitimately asking for him to return, and he's, and he's back. So good, good for those people that, that can listen to him. And um, I hope he continues to do good in the hobby and not just negativity in the hobby um he I, I listened to his last podcast and that's that's what he said his goal is he doesn't want to bash anybody he doesn't want to bash any you know in no personal attacks or anything like that so i hope he just i hope he stays positive and continues to just speculate and talk about what's going on but what i wanted to bring up was this week in pinball so this week in pinball has a rumored section and it was like a week or two ago and they had posted in their Monday rumor that they had heard that the potential next Stern theme was a Marvel theme. To my surprise, though, within a few hours, he was asked to take that down. And so that actually makes me wonder that there are a lot of websites, there's a lot of podcasts, there's a lot of people that have been talking about the rumored Jaws pen or the rumored James Bond pen or even, you know, I don't know, JJP's Guns N' Roses or Toy Story. You know, these, these are things have been rumored for a long time. But never have I heard of a, of a website having to take that information down and, and look what happened. They took it down, and within a week or two, what was revealed? Uh, a Marvel-themed pin. So what I mean by this is, is there a chance that the rumors that are out there are not real at all? Because if they were real, maybe Stern or JJP would have asked us to do something about it. Now, I I trust Guns N' Roses. It seems like that everybody's saying that's like the worst kept secret. And I, with that same fact, I, I trust Toy Story as well. But with Stern, I don't know. I mean, they, they kind of showed their hand there by reacting to that 
post. So one, you know, props to Jeff at This Week in Pinball for kind of breaking that scoop. But at the same time, should we trust rumors that are posted online or said on a podcast? Because if they're out there and they're still out there, maybe there isn't as much validity to them as the ones that have have been asked to be removed. So um, just a thought there. Um, now, with that said, though, you know, Canada, Canada was the first place that I heard about turtles. Turtles happened. As soon as I heard that was real, I started saving my money. And here we are, fast forward a few months later, and I bought a Turtles. Turtles was real. So I don't know. Maybe it is. Maybe podcast isn't the, you shouldn't apply those rules to podcasting. But for websites, maybe you should. You know, some of those rumors that are on TWIP have been out there for a while. And if maybe the fact that they're still out there actually means they're not real. I don't know. I'm not, I don't mean that at all. I, Jeff, I don't want to discredit what you're saying or doing, but it just, I was very surprised with how he had to remove one statement and that statement ended up being hundred percent true. So just food for thought. We'll see about that. Um, so that leads me to adventures. Uh, I, I think, of, did I just say adventures? Avengers, there's no D in it. So my bad. My initial reaction to Avengers coming out when I heard it was Avengers, which I grew up on comic books. I like Marvel. I like DC. I like X-Men. I like Avengers. I like Batman. I like all that stuff. It's superheroes. I'm all into it. Turtles, obviously, dream theme for me. When I heard it was Avengers, Avengers, I got to learn how to say it right. Um, my first thought was great. <laughs> like, Here's another, I just saved up, I just bought a new pinball machine, and immediately there's one that's going to tempt me to, like, not necessarily sell Turtles, but, like, want that, you know. There's been a lot of releases, like, Munsters, no interest, you know, Hot Wheels, no interest, Dialed In, no interest, Jersey, uh, Jurassic Park, like, uh, Jurassic Park was cool, but not chomping at the bit for it, you know, like, none of those things were, like, the closest thing to a, ooh, that sounds like something I'd really enjoy would be were Rick and Morty and then Deadpool. Um, but I heard this one come out and I was like, Avengers, that sounds like that could be really cool. Then I heard Zombie Yeti. When, so here's the deal with Zombie Yeti. When I got Turtles, and to be honest, when I got the banner and I hung this up, I was like, this artwork is so amazing. So in my head, my first thought was like, what if I only collected zombie yeti machines <laughs> like that's how much i like this artwork i was like what if i just focused on that where after this i get a deadpool and after that i get a um a ghostbusters you know like in my head what if that was something i focused on that's how much i've enjoyed this artwork so i heard it was avengers and then i heard it was zombie yeti and i'm like crap <laughs> like that if i'm only going to collect zombie yeti machines that that leads me even more to a machine that i potentially want and then i heard it was keith elwin and I've never, I have not owned Iron Maiden and I have not owned Jurassic Park. Both games that I would love not necessarily to buy, but like if I could have him for a month and just play the heck out of them, I have no doubt that I would, you know, my respect for him, not only as a player, but also a designer would grow. Like, yeah, I, they're, they're hard to digest on location because I know there's so much there that I, I would want to spend a lot of time on them. So I'd love to, to have one to, to play for a while. But when I heard that, I was like, great. So we we have we have an amazing theme that I'm all into. We have arg arguably one of, if not the best designers currently who designed it. And on top of that, arguably the best art package that you could ask for. So before I'd even seen a picture, I was like, crap. You know, why 
why do I not have, you know, 55 to six grand just sitting here that I could spend like, oh, I'd love another one. You know, why not? There's there's never enough pinball machines. Right. So um, that was my first like gut reaction. And then I saw the unveil, the reveal of it. And um, to be honest, my first thought was, and I do not mean this at all in a negative way to Zombie Yeti, but my first thought was like, well, the art isn't like a must, or like I don't have to have that art in my basement. Like my immediate reaction, visual, my immediate visual reaction was, I don't have to have that next to my turtles. And what I mean by that is personally, I love the color purple and I like lime green and the combination of lime green and purple is great. You throw in a neon pink in there, awesome. Like I work in the print industry, those colors I find super appealing to my eye. So turtles, like he was heavy on the purples, the lime greens, the pinks, the blues, like the color palette he picked for that is exactly what like screams to me. It was exactly what I'd love. And so I had heard a rumor that that um, Avengers was going to be blacks and purples. And so I heard that and I was like, ooh, like, believe it or not, Stranger Things, you think Stranger Things, you think like reds, reds and, and blacks. But the Stranger Things artwork is actually a lot of blacks and blues and purples with that ultraviolet light, a lot of purple. And I really like that color palette. It's very appealing to me. So I thought if they went that direction with Avengers, like, yeah, absolutely. That's more art that I need on my wall or I need, I need that pinball machine right next to it just because of the art. Well, my immediate reaction to the game was that's a lot of yellow, that's a lot of red, and that's a lot of orange. And those colors just are not visually appealing to me. And so when I saw the LE, I was like, oof, that is a lot of yellow. Like the yellow armor and everything, just immediate gut reaction was no, nope, don't like that. If the, the armor would have been purple, I probably would have been drawn right into it, but it was yellow. And then just continuing to look at the art, it was just like, yeah, there's a lot of primary colors, a lot of reds, a lot of yellows, a lot of blues. And it just visually was not, my immediate reaction to it was not amazing. Now, when I actually look at the art and I actually look at what he drew, it's incredible. I mean, the artwork is incredible. There's no doubt. My, I don't look at that and think that's bad artwork. I, I don't say that at all. Like, I, I have no critique criticism at all for what he made or produced it was just the color palette that he chose is not as appealing to me as other color palettes that are out there like the color palette that he used for turtles so that was my immediate reaction it was like kind of a like oof, like i don't it was almost like a sigh of relief of like i don't have to have this now because here's the deal i love tna but i don't see turtles leaving i don't want tna to leave i love tna TNA, Total Nuclear Annihilation, is probably probably is my favorite game. But when you can only afford so much, you know, in this hobby, it's like if you want a game, usually a game has to go. And so right now it's like I can't sell turtles. Like not only did I just get it, this is a dream team for me. But TNA is so good. But if that's where my money's tied up, is that mean like it's almost this evaluation of is this game or is this need for this new game great enough to convince me to sell what I would consider my favorite game or like a keeper. I'd probably immediately regret it. But that's like, those are the the battles that are in my head until I can save up to potentially buy another game, a third game. So that's the thing. Is this is this art package a must have that would that would actually cause me to, to sell TNA? No, that was, that was my immediate reaction. Now, I actually started to look at the shots though and I looked at what was on that game and holy cow, did 
Keith once again find a way to squeeze every dollar and dime that he has and put it into shots and layout and mechs and ramps and wireforms. Like it is clear that that where Keith wants to put his money is all about the shots. Um, that's awesome. Now I mentioned that earlier. Like Dwight, Dwight with turtles clearly likes light shows. Zach and Dennis on their they joke around about calling it a Dwight show. He clearly likes light shows. So if you look at the lights that are in turtles, there are color changing GI everywhere that there's a clear GI bulb. There's also a red GI bulb and there's a green GI bulb, and he does stuff with that. On top of that, there's 17 RGB LED inserts that change. That all costs money. That's something that he's had to design with in mind from the get-go. That is something that is important to him as the designer. Keith does not have that. There is not, he does not have color changing GI in his his game. And then if you look at the number of inserts that are on that play field, that whole kind of bottom half is all just artwork. There's really no inserts down there. So you know every single time there's an insert, every single time there's a bulb or an LED behind that, that costs money. So in his mind, he's like, no, I don't want to put my money towards lights or towards you know the pretty parts of pinball. I want to put it towards shots. So if by keeping less inserts down there or doing without, you know, if the cost of color changing GI afforded him that crazy wire form ramp, then that's where he's going to put it. That's obvious. Like he has drop targets on his games. They he probably could have saved money and done stand-ups, but he did drop targets because that's what's important to him. So I think it's awesome that it's very clear where he puts his money, um, which is great. So am I impressed by the shots and the layout of the game? Absolutely. I want to shoot that for sure. I bet those shots feel great. I bet the the looping shot at the top feels amazing. It looks incredible. The um the it looks like a combination of like the circus Voltaire. Um, raising platform for the ringmaster as well as the tales of arabian night like spinner that's awesome i mean it just there looks like there's so many things on that play field that look fun to shoot which is incredible which is uh so a plus there looks incredible the art it looks great not not my favorite color palette but that's once again not a knock on jeremy at all i think he did what the source material required but it, the, it looks great. The light show, though, I'm not, I don't, I mean, I've only seen, there's only a few minute clips out there. I, I'll have to wait to see it streamed. But like, from what I'm seeing, I, I don't think the light show is going to be anything to write home about. You know, I think it, it'll be good, but it's not going to be like, like the light show in Turtles is a part of the game. It really adds to the experience. So yeah, that's not, that's not it in, in this game, which is fine. The Pro versus the Premium. Um, first off, I don't like... And I'm, so, Kerry Hardy. I, I, I love Kerry Hardy. I like what he does. I think he makes a, uh, incredible content. But he released a video the other day. And he said he said this a few times, which he, he said, I settled for the Pro. I settled for the Pro. And to me, like I don't like that. I don't like that terminology because I don't feel like I settled for the Pro. Like, I don't know. Just settled has such a negative connotation to it. Um the like you shouldn't feel like you're settling for a pro the pro on any game is still an amazing machine almost look at it as like i didn't splurge for the premium i didn't pay extra for the premium and turtles i felt like the difference between pro and premium there wasn't enough to justify the premium i would not 
that's not the case in Avengers. When when you look at Avengers, Avengers, I think I've said, I think I've thrown a D in that many, I'm sorry, Avengers. When you look at Avengers, there is a big difference between the pro and premium. Now, the biggest difference, I think, is that raising mech and the inter- the how you're going to interact with that mech and store the, the balls underneath the play field. That looks pretty sick. There's also an entirely different ramp with the um, Captain Marvel ramp. Now, if you look at the Captain Marvel ramp, it, it looks really cool, but it looks like it just shoots up. It basically shoots up, turns around, hits a wire form on the right, and then returns to your right flipper. So it's it's not... Like, it's not interacting with another mechanic. It's just a cool little ramp. Well, what they've replaced that with on the Pro is kind of a small horseshoe where you'd hit that Captain Marvel lane and it just ricochets back towards the right flipper. So at the end of the day, it's going to do the same thing. Your ball's going to hit that, whether it's a ramp or a lane, and, and end up back at your right flipper. So from a gameplay standpoint, not a huge different, but from a visual standpoint, yeah, that ramp looks cool, which is great. So... I, I think the bigger change is the mech. The fact that the mech raises up, you have to hit that opening for the ball to drop down. The balls are saved down there. Like that is a bigger gameplay difference in my mind. There's also the the, the molded glove, which I know people have kind of crapped on the glove because they think it looks really bare. The reality is that glove looks exactly like the glove is, is, is drawn in the comic, so I really can't knock it at all. I would say the jewels look a little weird because they look like cloudy white instead of being... I bet there will be some modder out there that will actually make those jewels, which I would probably look better. Um, what else were differences? I mean, those were the main difference, but the, the wireforms that are in that game are incredible. Um, so I don't know if I decided I had to get a, um, Avengers, I think premium is probably the way you have to go. Um, with that said, like, I kind of look at that as like the difference between like the pro ghostbusters and the premium ghostbusters. Like it was very different. There were completely different shots. And I feel like you could potentially say the same thing here. Um, now, with that said, if I was in the market to buy a new pin, I maybe I would just buy the Pro and play the heck out of it. And if I realize this is a game I love and I want to upgrade, then I would. Um, so, I don't know. I, I still think a Pro is a good buy. I have no doubt in my mind. You look at the Pro Iron Maidens, incredible games. You look at the Pro um, Jurassic Parks, incredible games. So, I have no doubt that even though there is an entire ramp missing... Um, I still bet the pro version will be an incredible game. Um, but the biggest question I would have with this game so far is code. Um, do you like Iron Maiden code? Do you like Jurassic Park code? There's so much to do in those games that my only complaint with the code is trying to explain it to another person. Um, and that's, kind of my only issues with the games. I have no doubt that I would love that game if I had the chance to have it in my basement and really dive in. I bet I would absolutely love those games. And I have no doubt in my mind that Avengers is going to be the same way. But if I want my wife to step up to it, how do I explain to her what to do? You know, where do you even start? That's that's my only issue with Keith Elwin games is the code is always so deep and so technical that I'm very curious that if a new player, like if this was put in a uh, like a family fun center and a kid stopped up, stepped up to this game, first off, what are they looking at that they'd want to hit? 
The only thing that I can think of, I mean, the ramps look cool, but is there a toy or is there something on that play field that they're going to immediately be drawn to? Like with Deadpool, little Deadpool, like, oh, I want to hit that. I want to, I want to see his head bounce. You know, that's obviously something they want to do, or they kind of see the sword. Like, how do I get the ball through that sword? Um, turtles, like I want to see, I want to hit the van. I want to get under there. I want, you know, like turtles doesn't have something. I mean, the van's probably the closest thing. Oh no, the pizza spinner, the, yeah. If they see the pizza spinner and they, they figure out that's, there's a magnet there, they're going to want, how do I get that to do what it needs to do? That's their drawing, the, the toy that's going to draw them in. So the closest things with, with Avengers that I can think of that would potentially draw them in would be the vertical, like the Avenger tower, like trying to get the ball to ramp up that and lock. That's probably what would do it. Otherwise, with the premium, when they see that toy that actually raises and then they can get a ball under there, I'm assuming that would be what would draw them in. But for a pro, I'm just very curious that how friendly is this pin going to be to a, a novice player? I don't I don't know. I don't know that answer. Um, it it makes me wonder, I have a buddy of mine that he's talking about getting a, a pinball machine. This would be his first one. He's trying to talk his parents into buying it. And they're, they're, they're huge Jurassic Park fans. And so he heard there was a Jurassic Park pin, but I'm almost hesitant to recommend it to him just because if they're novice pinball players, it's like, I don't even know, like it's, it would be overwhelming for a novice pinball player to learn how to play Jurassic Park. And I was actually streaming the other night and there was a guy on stream that said like, I bought Jurassic Park for myself, but the games that my family plays, like my families play Turtles and my family plays Stranger Things. And that's because like Stranger Things, when my wife plays Stranger Things, what do they go for? Even though it's the most dangerous shot in the game, all they care about is getting that, that ramp to come down so that they can bash the guy in the middle. That's all they care about. And that's fine for a novice, novice player. So I do think that's the only thing that my, my only knock on Keith is he's such an advanced player that the idea of coding something into his game or building something into his game for the novice is probably challenging. Uh, Iron Maiden, I can't really think of anything besides hitting the main ramp in the back, like trying to hit the bullseye that you that a novice player would be drawn to. And then with Jurassic Park, the only thing I think a novice player would be drawn to would be the T-Rex mouth, but that only happens on the premium. And so that's the only thing, like if you're buying this for your family, I, I don't know. It's just how how much are your kids or your novice or friends going to enjoy this game? I, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. So the code is a big mystery, but at the same time, if I had to put money on it, I bet it's going to be very similar in complexity to how Iron Maiden was or how Jurassic Park was. Um, also very curious about the animations. What I'm hearing is it's not going to be 3D animations like Turtles. It looks like they're actually getting animations from Marvel, which is huge. That's awesome. I mean, I, I'm not, I think the 3D animations in Turtles are actually pretty good. I enjoy them. I don't not like them. Um, April's not the best, but the everything else in the game, totally fine with it. But if they could have worked with Nickelodeon and got assets from Nickelodeon, that would probably be pretty sick. And that's what I'm thinking happened here is I think they actually worked with Marvel and got assets from Marvel. So I've heard the animations are more like a 2D animation than a 3D animation. So we'll just have to wait and see. But that could be really, really, really cool. So those, those are my initial thoughts on Avengers. Um, hopefully I don't have to say uh, Avengers, not Advent Avengers, whatever. I just apparently suck at talking. Um, all right, next point here. I streamed. There's a streamer online on Twitch. His name is Don't Panic Flip. Don't Panic Flip. If you look him up, his name's George. Couldn't be a nicer guy. 
I streamed with him the other night and we actually did a two person battle and it was a blast. Um, I would highly suggest watching that not only for just watching two people play turtles and kind of competing with different tasks, you know, like, Hey, the first one to pizza multiple or the first one to, uh, level up your character through training or the first one to an April hurry up, you know, like these little things we, we kind of did speed, speed running things, which were great, but the, the technology we use to get those streams together, I, it, it turned out amazing. So I'm just, I'm very proud with how well that turned out and the way it looked. Um, so definitely check that out. It's on his channel. Don't panic flip. Uh, and you can, you can find that video there. Uh, another news item that I think is worth talking about and actually kind of works in with Twitch, what I was just talking about is P3, P3 Multimorphic. I would assume most of you that listen to this know what I'm talking about, but P3 Multimorphic, they make a platform. They have a they have a machine that is essentially, imagine the lower three-fourths, or maybe two-thirds, how you want to look at it. The lower two-thirds of a play field is a TV screen, and they have the flippers and slings like hovering above those. So they can change art and they can change the way the play field looks. It's incredible what they can do. And the upper third is a is a part that they can swap in and out to make it a different game. And they have some really cool games out there and the technology in there is really cool. And so they've done a bunch of industry first, you know, like being able to save your progress in that, to have different profiles to, they have internet connectivity on it. They have Bluetooth headsets, you know, all these technical advances um, they've built into this platform, which is really, really neat. Well, one thing that they just announced is they actually have integrated Twitch. They've integrated a Twitch interactive feature so that while you're streaming, your game can basically also be hooked up to Twitch in a way, or your game's looking at the Twitch chat. And so depending on what people do in chat, your game will react. So they've built this in, they're planning on building it in all their games, but right now they have like a racing game, Cosmic Kart Racing. And so there, somebody in chat can like post something that would potentially block the shot that you were doing. So the fact that your viewers could can actually interact with your game is a great idea. It's awesome. It's a brilliant concept. My only quite my only thing as somebody who streams, when you stream, obviously people can subscribe or follow you, but then they can also give you bits, which is kind of like cheering you on, or they're kind of throwing you money a little bit your way. So they're kind of paying for that, like good job or pay for their comment. And then there's also these channel redemption points. So the longer somebody watches you, the more points they earn and they can redeem those points typically for some something uh, on stream. It doesn't, it, typically it's not an actual tangible item. There are some streamers out there that, you know, once you get 30,000 channel points, which is a lot of hours of watching that streamer, they'll actually mail you a t-shirt or something like that just to support, you know, their bigger fans, which was cool. But that would be the only thing that I would say is if, if they could get that so that, uh, it reacts to something that's actually like a cost to the viewer. So whether it's bits or it's channel redemption points and, and not because I'm, I don't look at that as like a huge money-making thing, but it's, it, that's the only thing that would keep people from just like spamming it. You know, you wouldn't want people to be like block, 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 and you can't even do anything because if there's no cost associated to it, then yeah, people just keep doing it over and over and over again. But if you throw a cost onto it, even if it's like 10 cents, you know, 10 cents to do a block, well, great. I mean, not only does the streamer get to make that money, but also it would deter people from doing it constantly. But I would say overall, the premise of getting that interactivity 
or interaction between the player and the viewer is brilliant. I think it's awesome. So congrats to Jerry at P3 for, for that concept. And I'm very curious to see how that pans out. I know they're streaming it soon or maybe even tonight. I, I don't know, but um, I, I'm definitely wait and see on that one. Um, another thing to talk about, we're, we're, we got a lot of stuff to talk about tonight. Hopefully this podcast isn't, it doesn't come off as like just scatterbrained, but more just like packed. So we'll, we'll see what, what the feedback is here. Um, I know I was talking about toppers earlier, but one thing that was just announced is the Elvira topper. There is one picture of it. It looks like a gravestone with two of the gargoyles or something. I forget. Goyles? I forget exactly how they say them. That's all it looks like. It just looks like a tombstone with the two little gargoyles, but they haven't shown what it does, whether they move, they interact, it's a light show, I don't know. But all they've shown is that one picture, and they've revealed that it's going to cost $999. This is a $1,000 topper. Oof. And I talked earlier about why I'm tempted or you'd even think about adding a turtle's topper. It sounds amazing, but everybody lost their mind when Jurassic Park's topper was $600. $600 at the time was the most expensive topper out there on the market. It added a new game mode to the game. So that's the only thing. Does this topper, this $1,000 topper, does it add another game mode to the game? I don't know. I would assume it does. But if $1,000 if is the new like ceiling for toppers... There's no way I can't I can't do that. I cannot spend a thousand dollars on a turtle stopper. I can't. I cannot. I would. I want to, but I can't do that. I cannot do that. So I'm very curious. The Stranger Things topper hasn't come out yet. The turtle stopper hasn't come out yet. They revealed the uh, Avengers topper, which is great. Good for them. That's awesome that they revealed the accessories at the very beginning. This is the time when people want to buy. So they're like, "Yep, I'm buying that machine. Oh yeah, give me those bells and whistles as well. You know, throw them in." So that's great, but I think the websites were listing the Avengers topper at like 500 bucks, or maybe it was 599 because apparently $600 is the new cost of a game or a new cost of a topper. I don't know, but a $1,000 Elvira topper. Um, one thing I did read was that they're going to be limited to 200 so maybe that's it. They're just because they're so limited, they're assuming the people that want them are going to pay for them. And remember... There are the Elvira collectors out there that paid, what was it, like twelve five for the Super Collector Edition that had a little piece of the couch. So what's another thousand bucks for the topper? But um, I don't know. I just think it's, I think that's nuts. And But it's just weird because I can't say too much about it because here I am personally thinking about a turtle's topper. So I don't know. I really just, I can't talk. I, I can't talk about that. Here's your topper talk, Zach Mini. I know I know Zach loves toppers, but I'm very curious to see what he says about $1,000, $1,000 topper. Um, all right. Well, this was kind of a long one, but I do have a question for you guys. I would love some feedback. I appreciate all your feedback, by the way. So feel free. You can find me on Pinside. You can find me on Facebook. My name is Joel Engelberth. I have a Facebook page, Just Another Pinball. Um, it's on Facebook. You can find me there. Um, or the, another great way is just another pinball at gmail.com. You can email me there, but in, in one of the discords I'm in, there's a conversation right now about collection size. And it's basically talking about what is the theoretical perfect collection size. And the joke there is one more pin than what you own, obviously. 
But the reality is there's got to be a point where once you have so many pins, there's some neglect. You know, you're either not playing them or you can't stay on top of the number you have with the maintenance that's required. So where's that sweet spot? Where's that perfect, like, you're not going to get sick of one pin, but also you're satisfied, you know, and, and maybe the answer is you're never satisfied. Um, and I know it's tough because people are like, well, I want three pins, but then I'm going to th- a fourth. That's like a rotating pin. Well, the problem is you're going to find a pin that you love. And then all of a sudden you have four and then the fifth is the rotating pin. I understand. I would love to have more games. The problem is they cost money and I have a limited amount that I can devote towards pinball. So just curious what people's thoughts are on what in their world is the perfect collection size. Um, what's that number? Or what's that range? Or what have you found? I'd love to hear from people that have been in the hobby for a while that are like, yep, at one point I had this and I realized that was too many. So I broke it down to this or, you know, one time I had this and then I sold them all and realized that was dumb. So I've been working back towards building towards this. I don't know. So I'm just curious what people's thoughts are there. Would love to discuss that. Um, just, yeah, there's your action item. The other action item would be, if you don't mind, could you leave me a review on this week in pinball? And I actually want to go through a few of these because one, thank you. Thank you for the people that are doing this. I'm currently, I was last week, I was eighth. I'm currently ninth. And I don't, and I think it's because some of the other podcasts realized like, whoa, he shot up. I need to get people to start reviewing me because a whole bunch of the other podcasts now have gotten a whole bunch more reviews, which good. Absolutely. Like review all the podcasts. The podcasts are in the top 10. The reality is the, the promoters that are in the top like 20, all of them are amazing people. So if, if you enjoy them, support them by doing that, by, by rating them. Uh, random side note. I know I made a comment last time about uh, Patreon, whether or not I should be whether or not I should create a Patreon account, not a single email. So it was exactly what I thought. I have no idea how many listeners I have, but was, is anybody in a position where they'd actually want to, you know, financially support me every month? No. And that's fine. I'm not offended by that, but it was exactly what I thought, um, which I thought was funny. But um, I know as of last podcast, I only had eight people that had reviewed me and now I have 12. And so I just want to say uh, thank you to Bradley V. He said, filling the void coast to coast left, which that to me, coast to coast, I, that's, I, I don't even know how to respond to that. I mean, they are legends. They, an amazing podcast. And do I think I'm up to that level? Not at all, but I appreciate the comment. Um, as others have mentioned, no drama and very honest discussion. I appreciate that. That is definitely my goal for this. I don't want to have a drama-filled podcast. I, my goal of this is not to anger people. I just want people to enjoy this hobby. Let's talk about the hobby, and I'll share what I can. If, if I have info, rumors, whatever, I'll, I'm happy to share them. Um, but I, at the same time, you know, I'm not... I don't have all these inside sources that are just feeding me stuff. Um, but I'm, I'm just... I hope the one thing people take away is that I'm honest or trying to be honest. Leads me to Lex one. Uh, Scott E said, you know, honest and well thought out. Great to hear your vo- viewpoints from a collector, you know, casual pinball player, new to the hobby. Um, yeah, very awesome. Thank you for that. Kevin H said, you know, down to earth pinball podcast. I appreciate that. That's my goal. Honesty and down to earth. Joel is very honest, informative podcast. He's like many of us have only been here in the short time in the hobby. So that was another thing. He's very relatable. I know that I am a unique person that is doing pinball media quote-unquote you know doing a podcast because i've only been in this a few years and i think a lot of the people that are have been competitive players you know their whole lives or they've been in this hobby for 20 years so i'm glad this perspective is um 
is enjoyed. And the last one, Justin, I appreciate you, Justin, but he's the first person that has given me, he didn't give me five stars, he gave me four. So I no longer have 5.0, I'm at 4.9 now, but that's fine. I appreciate the honesty here. He just said this show is fairly, he said a work in progress. This show is fairly young and it shows. The host has a lot of potential and he seems to be closer to hitting his stride with each episode. He often makes good points and has solid insights. Looking forward to the future of his shows. Uh, you know, Justin, that is that is feedback that I truly appreciate. So I, I understand that I'm. this is only episode 10. I understand I'm trying to get better and better with every episode. Really trying to find my stride here. Find the format that works the best. My goal is to keep every episode under an hour, and we're creeping up on that. But I feel like this was an episode that was pretty jam-packed, and that would be the goal. You know, make sure that if somebody's going to devote 45 minutes to an hour of their time with me, that it is informative, and I'm not just droning on and on about one point. Um, so hopefully, Justin, hopefully this step, this podcast was a step in the right direction for you. And uh, I appreciate that. You know, you said the host has a lot of potential, and I, I appreciate that. So thank you for that feedback. So... Once again, on this week in pinball, there is a promoter's database. I would love to continue to stay in that top 10. I think that's awesome. That is probably the thing I'm most proud about of what I've accomplished so far in, in streaming pinball and in doing podcasts is just that type of feedback. I really appreciate that. I've said it before with podcasting, you're kind of just sitting here at my computer talking into a mic. I'm throwing something out there and I have no idea if people are listening or catching it or what. So any sort of feedback I get, whether it's an email, a pinside post, a Facebook message, anything, I just, I'm all about that feedback. It's awesome to hear and discuss and just have that dialogue um, just so I know what I'm doing well and also what I can work on and what, you know, you guys want me to talk about. Um, so yeah, if you don't mind, feel free to leave me a, a, a um, a review there you can do it there or uh on facebook i have a facebook as well you can leave me a review there but i think that's about it uh, once again thank you to twip for supporting uh promoters the way they do um thank you to zach and dennis at, at um the pinball network for giving me a place to um uh, you know air this podcast and thank you to all the listeners who continue to listen to me as i throw stuff out there so um yeah Think that's I think that's it. Jam packed. Kept it under an hour. Hopefully it was informative. And um, I I like I said before, I was trying to keep things every two weeks, trying to keep some sort of schedule. But I I don't think I'm gonna do that anymore. I think I'm just once I find there's enough substance to make a podcast, I'm gonna make one. So I don't know if that's better or worse. Keeps you on your toes. Let me know. <laughs> that's what I'm I'm all for that feedback there. Um, but yeah, appreciate it, guys. And I will talk to you again soon. See ya.